dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as, well, an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. A man whose grasp of the nature of the war for the free world I've come to admire greatly is our first guest. His name is Representative Paul Gosar. He is a dentist by training, but he has been serving now for six terms in the United States Congress, representing with distinction the people of the 4th Congressional District of Arizona. He serves on the Natural Resources and Oversight and Reform Committees in the House of Representatives. Uh, He is the ranking member of uh, the House Oversight and Reform Committee's Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations, and consequently a man who has considerable insight as well as oversight on several things that we're anxious to talk with him about. Uh, Congressman Gosar is a good friend of mine, and I'm always delighted to have a chance to visit with him. Sir, welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. It's great to have you with us. Thank you, Frank. Always great to hear from you. Thank you. Let me talk to you first and foremost about something that I know has been very much a focus of your activity, particularly this week, uh, Congressman, and that is the events of the 6th of January and what has flowed from them. Um, Let me start by just asking the most pointed of questions. Do you think, based on everything we've learned so far, that this was, as it is relentlessly characterized, uh, a an insurrection? Well, I, Frank, I, I, you know, there was a lot of concern uh, across America in regards to the election and the fairness of the election and whether it was actually stolen. And this was a uh, 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 I think a movement that uh, tried to petition utilizing their First Amendment right uh, to come forward, to petition the government, uh, to speak up and uh, to ask questions, you know, and to, to get some answers. And I think that uh, for the most part, uh, everybody was uh, a good, good actor that uh, came in good faith. But I think it was co-opted. And, and by whom, I don't know. Uh, but that's why I constantly have, have, have petitioned to get the 14,000 hours of uh, videotape out there so that we can actually discern who are the actors that were violating the law, who are the ones that were provocating uh, problems with uh, the Capitol Police and uh, the, uh, the folks uh, protecting the, uh, the premises, and then uh, adjudicating the, the people that were innocent, and get, uh, letting them go past go and, and go back home. You know, that, that's what's so problematic here is that uh, they're, they're not willing to do that. You know, we've gone to the DOJ. I've, I've sent n- numerous letters uh, to get more information, to get this tapes released. Um, I've uh, got no reply. And uh, several of my colleagues and myself went to the DOJ uh, to, to ask the questions. You know, have you gotten our information? Do you plan to give us that uh, information so that the American public can be separated? As well as the people that have been incarcerated and charged, they have the right uh, to materials to defend themselves. 
Um, and we're not seeing that. And we actually went to the jail yesterday. Once again, uh, uh, very treated very poorly. If, if they treat members of Congress that poorly, I can only wonder what is happening to those in, in, in the jail cells who have not been charged, who have been sometimes, uh, from what we understand, put in 23-hour uh, uh, isolation. Uh, Solitary and, confinement, uh, treated, to be precise, yeah, right? And treated poorly, and treated poorly. So, you know, there's a lot of questions here. And uh, those people need to be held accountable that... Uh, took a movement uh, that, uh, you know, belonged to within our constitution. Finish, finish that thought, if you would, because th- this is really getting to the nub of the issue of are we likely to get truth out of this uh, commission, as is ostensibly being promised. It's not, uh, because when you look at it, the ultimate person responsible for this uh, security and, and foresight was none other than Nancy Pelosi. So, you know, there's now information that they may have known quite a while before this, that there was problems coming. Maybe there were some actors outside of, of this country. You know, there's a lot of questions here, Frank, uh, that have to get answered. But and, does uh, the structure of this committee and its membership uh, give you much confidence that you're going to find out whether Nancy Pelosi uh, perhaps uh, by action or inaction, enabled the events of the 6th of January uh, to play out as they did with, uh, as you know better than anybody, Congressman, because you were one of the objectors, as I recall, um, the effect being to disrupt what was hoped for by Donald Trump and most of the people outside of the Capitol that day and down on the mall, as I was down on the mall, you know, for a, a process to be uh, undertaken by the Congress that would enable questionable credentialing of uh, electors to be challenged. Right. Well, uh, you know, uh, the minority leader put up uh, five different individuals. Two of them were rejected, Mr. Uh, Representative Banks from uh, Indiana and Mr. Jordan from Ohio. And, you know, th- this was unprecedented that a speaker would uh, 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 say no to uh, the privilege of the minority party uh, or even, you know, the opposite party. It doesn't matter which. This is unprecedented. And uh, you can't, that, that can't be done. Uh, and these are two gentlemen that have uh, the, pro, you know, pretty good uh, credentials and we're asking some pretty tough questions. So this is a, a, a and then she uh, went so a, far as to select two people, uh, at least nominally, on the Republican side of the aisle, um, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, to uh, represent Republicans without the permission of the minor- minority leader, and that that would also be rather unprecedented, I believe, would it not? It is, and, and that's why you know uh, the the conference, the Republican conference, has looked at you know that accepting those positions is really. Uh, a detriment to their uh, being part of the Republican caucus. And future, you know, continuation within the Republican Party should not continue. You know, it's, 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 it's traitorous, to be honest with you, in regards to the, to the caucus. Now, they may, they may say, listen, their love of their country. That, that's not the case. It was about the hatred that they had for Donald Trump uh, superseded their love and, and commitment to this country. And so it's a, it's a partisan hack uh uh, commission and and you know we've already got two reports from the, the Senate that shows that there was security lapses in even the application. They should have known better. You had an inauguration coming. You you, you knew people were coming because of the, the innuendos to hotels and uh, other things in the area saying don't give uh, don't uh, 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 
put out uh, to these people coming for the at this time frame. So uh, this this was a debacle from the very get go in regards to you know the buildup of, of, of natural uh, protections in regards to the security forces. They turned down over a hundred uh, additional security um, uh, uh, capital police. You know you had uh, the president. Uh, uh, seeing the, the massive crowd saying, listen, you, you know, we got the National Guard. They could be utilized. And and they really didn't. And uh, so, you know, we need to get to the bottom of this because this would have never happened if the pri- proper protocols, the proper force was in place and and uh, dictating uh, the process all the way across the board. Right? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more that we've got to get to the bottom of it. And I also I think we've heard strong agreement that it's unlikely uh, to be done by this commission as it stands now. I hope that the Republicans will undertake their own independent commission and um, that uh, you and others who have been so courageous in taking up with the Department of Justice and the D.C. jail uh, this past week, um, the travesties that have, uh, as I say, flowed from the initial, uh, well, debacle is, I guess, one word for it. I I think uh, if it was, in fact, a provocation, um, it may have been a pretty skillful one um, under the circumstances. It certainly had um, a a very predictable effect, uh, as I say, especially on that uh, deliberative process that was supposed to go on in the course of the 6th of January. Congressman. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's why we continue to, to pursue and want your listeners uh, to to ask for the same thing. The 14,000 hours of tape, uh, videotapes so that we can hold these uh, provocateurs who created the, the problem, hold them accountable. You know, these could these could be foreign actors. We don't know. That's the whole case is, is that under the rule of law, under the rule of law, citizens, people are have due process here. And in order to have due process, you have to have access to exculpatory uh, information and, and data to allow to defense and to find out, you know, who actually did it and, and, and how it was done and how it was conceived and, and, and implemented. Well, and in particular, to um, get justice for these individuals who seem to be being treated more like political prisoners, honestly, than um, individuals who were, you know, involved in some sort of insurrectionist activity. Let me turn to two other things with you quickly, Congressman Paul Gosart, because I want to make sure we uh, get your thoughts on uh, uh other priorities, I think, uh, for hopefully those of you overseeing our government. Um, one is the China threat, uh, Congressman. We're seeing um, evidence in public polling that um, large majorities of Americans are now really concerned about what the Chinese are doing, including um, some 81% in a recent Trafalgar poll uh, indicating concern about what the Chinese are doing in our own country in the way of influence in our government and in our media and in our culture. Um, By the way, in that number, 50 plus percent felt highly concerned about what the Chinese are up to. I wonder if you would just comment on that in general um, as you look at it from sort of the position of someone overseeing particularly what's going on in our government. um, Are we recognizing the efforts the Chinese are making to influence and really subvert us from within. I, th- I think we're doing a very poor job. When you look at the 60,000 foot level, you know, you things that were dependent upon, whether it be rare earths and minerals, things like pharmaceuticals, 
we have now seen our, our real soft belly of exposure here that we uh, don't have the supply chains that are necessary. Uh, we don't have the materials that actually uh, are, are, are important to technology and new advancements and whether it be the military application to new technology to space and satellites to even our farmland. We're seeing the, the Chinese gobbling up uh, farmland. This is critical because, you know, food production is in national security uh, issues. And mining is, is also the security issue. Uh, energy is another security issue. And they know that the Chinese do not have the best intentions in mind. They know for a fact that, you know, they, they are, are about domination. And constantly we see the intrusion, whether it be, you know, members of Congress uh, that they tried to exploit, uh, members all the way down to city mayors, to county supervisors. Uh, the influence in peddling up here with China is huge. It's huge. If I may, Congressman Gosar, uh, as you know, one of your colleagues on the Democratic side of the aisle, Eric Swalwell from California, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, has acknowledged having a relationship with a Chinese spy by the name of Fang Fang. Uh, there is a report that the intelligence community has evidently generated. Um, it's a little unclear exactly what its content is, but we assume that it is a damage assessment of what has been the result of having a member of the intelligence committee compromised in this fashion. Um, professionals in the business have shared with me the very real concern that he may still be being handled by a you know Ministry of State security operation, and therefore his continued presence, not just presence on the committee, sir, but his presence as the chairman of the Intelligence Modernization and Readiness Subcommittee of the House Intelligence Committee could be a very serious national security problem. Is that something that your committee could be providing a second opinion on? And in any event, do you agree that Nancy Pelosi should remove Eric Swalwell from the Intelligence Committee forthwith? I, I think he's a compromised asset, and I'm not alone. I think the majority of Republicans would say the very, very thing, that if it was a Republican in that situation, Frank, they're long gone, and they're probably not even part of a member of Congress. You know, but that, that that shows you the two different venues in regards to jurisdiction and, and uh, ju uh, justice. That is applied unevenly with this this speaker uh, to members of her, her party. Uh, you, it's you outrageous. Truly, you cannot be beholden to these foreign governments. I mean, this is this is sad, but it shows you the infiltration that China has gone through because they got to him way before he was in Congress. They brought him and, to and Congress. The, I would argue. It appears, it appears that it has extended and gotten much deeper. Yes, indeed. Well, we, we hope that you will help um, call for his removal from this committee, sir, if we can, because this is, uh, this is it's a matter of, I've, I believe, very considerable national security import. Let me turn to one last thing. As I mentioned, sir, you are um, a, a dentist, therefore a member of the medical community. Um, I'm particularly interested in your thoughts about the vaccine mandates that are now being uh, increasingly brooded by um, the president and his team, including um, compulsory vaccination of federal employees, military personnel, uh, not just healthcare folks, but uh, all of them. And um, this idea that uh, we may well see emerge from all of it, uh, something that has been described as vaccine passports. 
What are your thoughts on all of this? Well, this is this is an arena that uh, you know the government cannot go and should not go. You know, there's a there's there's this thing called uh, you know your bill of rights and and your freedoms, and uh, you know it is fine to allow people to make that choice. But there's also the epidemiology in regards to uh, you know natural born uh, immunization. And that is, is that for people that contact COVID, like myself, have to have the antibodies. That's uh, nature's uh, natural ability to combat uh, diseases and viruses. And that builds up to herd immunity. So many people, you know, that have taken the immunizations, you know, they, they were uh, told that this would basically make it, if they did get uh, the contact with the virus again, much less severe. But that's a personal choice. And if and if you're if you've got the vaccine, then you, you're probably in better shape, and there's no guarantees, but um, you're better off. Those that are not vaccinated, they're taking that risk as well. But uh, how how can you just discern uh, natural immunization uh, with the, the antibodies versus you know man-made uh, uh, vaccine? They're, they they work. But I think it's for everybody to have a choice and to, for the government to mandate that or to have citizens going door to door is actually a disgusting uh, uh, dis- disregard for the Constitution, the rule of law and uh, our personal rights and liberties. Amen. And I, I hope you would agree that uh, the idea of essentially putting into place something that I fear would inevitably evolve into something akin to the Chinese social credit system by having vaccine passports that uh, can be used to essentially aggregate all kinds of information about individuals, not just their vaccination status, is uh, is also an affront to our constitution and must be resisted as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Americans are, you know, uh, the freedoms and liberties uh, and the encroachment on them by the, uh, our government and its and its use of uh, corporations and businesses to do their work is is you know a step closer to tyranny and to authoritarianism, and we got to resist that. Yeah, what did Ronald Reagan say? You know, when there's an injustice, uh, we got to stop. Uh, when a law is broken, we got to stop uh, holding society accountable. We need to hold the lawbreaker accountable. That's on so many other things. He had it exactly right. Congressman Paul Gosar, thanks for what you get right on so many of these issues. We really appreciate what you do, sir, and uh, the chance to visit with you. And we look forward to talking with you over the weekend on our television program, Securing America. Join us there at Real America's Voice. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. We'll be right back with you soon. Uh, Paul, uh, we're going to talk with Ben Weingarten about uh, all of this and more right after this. Visit us at facebook.com slash securefreedom with Frank Gaffney.